Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, LeBron James has missed three straight games due to knee swelling. Can the Lakers afford to be cautious with him? And the Splash Brothers showed out on Saturday night against the Nets. What will Cook and Richard's biggest takeaways from that performance? Plus, Joel Embiid is listed as the MVP favorite. Where is he on your MVP list? All that and more because NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews, joined by our senior writer, Ramona Shelburne. We also have a couple of old champs with us, and a football player, apparently, Richard Jefferson and Kendrick Perkins. We're going to get into all of the news around the league, including Joe Ingles' injury and the impact it may have on the Utah Jazz. I don't know what we're going this to do. This is a We're going to start with taking a look back at the Hawks and Lakers. That game was yesterday. The Hawks, they have won seven straight games, thanks to 36 points and 12 dives from Trey Young. That's Trey's 12th 30-point tennis game this season. That is by far the most in the NBA. And then for the Lakers, Anthony Davis is starting to look like his old self. He put up 27 points and 5 boards with 18 of those points coming in the Lakers' 71-point first half. And then there's Russell Westbrook who went for 20 points, 7 rebounds, and 12 assists in the loss. And the Lakers, remember, they were without LeBron James. Before the game, Frank Vogel said this about LeBron's status. He said as long as the swelling is there, quote, he's going to be out and we'll get him back as soon as we can. So Ramona, I want to start with you here. What are you hearing about LeBron's knee injury? Well, it's described to me as just wear and tear. Okay, so they did imaging on his knee. It came back clean except for the swelling. I mean, you just got to get the swelling out. And there's a chance he plays on Wednesday, but you shouldn't really read into whether he plays or not in terms of the severity of that injury. He's not going to play until they get the swelling out because this is his 19th year. You don't want to push it. So the Lakers don't sound too concerned, but how sh- how concerned should they be, Richard? Uh, I don't think they should be. Again, this is just fatigue. This is it, this is more of like, I'm talking about the health of LeBron, not their overall season, their team. I'm talking about the health of LeBron. I don't think they should be that concerned. This is something that pops up. It's in his 19th season. He's played more minutes than anyone in NBA history. There's going to be some flare-ups at certain times. And, and that's why you should be concerned for all the reasons you just pointed out. He's in his 19th season. All the minutes, the wear and tear. This is, again, watching the game, this is this is why you bring in Russell Westbrook and, and you have Anthony Davis. You think that they should be able to take the load off of Barn. But Barn has been asked to do so much. Now they're to this point. So they should be concerned. Every day that the, he is out, okay, somebody on the Lakers said, every day he's out, we sink. Mm. I mean, that is, this is so much on a guy who is 37 years old. But, yeah. so, so perhaps that answers my next question, For How long can the Lakers really afford here to be without LeBron? Can it be for an extended period of time? No. No. <laughs> no. Jinx, no. 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 Hell no. Like, yeah, look, here's the 
here's the thing. Last night, yesterday I was watching the game. I'm like, okay, the Lakers up by nine at halftime. They got it going. I'm watching them play with a different type of swag. And then all of a sudden, they go back to their old habits. It's like the spirit on the defensive end. Like, yeah, you can get whatever you want on, on, on our end. Like, the rookie came in off the bench. And I believe he had 16 points. Eight of those were dunks. They're not in transition, just in the half-court set. So I'm looking, you've got Dwight Howard. He serves into the game. He's pouting up and down the damn floor. I'm watching his body language. But to me, when I looked at that game last night and, and overall, the bright spot has been Malik Monk, mm -hmm. right? So I think that the offense really should start having him more involved more than, than they really do now. Like, this guy is showing us that he wanted his player with passion. So, I mean, I mean, the Lakers, they are who they are. I said it weeks ago. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't see that. I hate telling good people, you know, bad things. But I just don't. I, I really, well, not you, but, but <laughs> most people. The Lakers are not going to really have an impact at the end of the season. They're not going to really have an impact in the postseason. That is my personal opinion. Given the way they're playing, given the history of injury, given all of these things and the way the top teams are playing, I just feel like the Lakers are going to get into the postseason and then they're probably going to struggle through and then this offseason they've got a lot of stuff to make. And now we're saying this literally at the All-Star break. But here's what's, they've played 16 games with Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James. 16! Yeah. That's not a large sample size. And they look pretty darn good the last time we saw them in Brooklyn with those three guys. LeBron James is the key to it though. And He's not out there. They they sink. And and I think you watch that game. They're up going in the fourth quarter. You can't get a defensive effort on the road in a game that you need to win. I, I, I don't know. That's well, winnable. That's winnable. Right. But this isn't all about the, the Lakers and their struggles. Because the Hawks, I mentioned it. They've won yep. seven in a row. And that's in part thanks to an offense that's scoring almost 120 points per 100 possessions and shooting an NBA best 51% during the win streak. And then the defense, it hasn't been that either. They rank fifth in defensive efficiency during that streak. So, Kirk, do you think the Hawks can sort of replicate what they did last season with the Hawks second half and then result in them going into the conference finals? You know what? I really do. I do. Because they play, they play with a different spirit, and it's because... They actually have a superstar on that team in Trey Young. He is a superstar. I was watching him last night, and I've been watching him over this win streak. He cannot be guarded. No one could guard him. Like, you just got to hope that Trey miss. I and mean, that's when he's shooting those long-range threes. But with him having those live-threat guys at the basket with Capella and Collins and the rookie that's coming in off the bench, Trey Young has been phenomenal. And I think that he has found that edge. I thought, I thought he... Um, you know, they were down a little bit. He was out for a while, and now they got their swag back. So I do think that, I'm not saying they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I do think they're going to get back into the postseason. Well, this is the team that everybody expected them to be, right? Like, yeah. look, I, I'm glad that they're playing well now. But you look at the Phoenix Suns that had a ton of, they had a ton of uh, success. Yeah. They showed back in, they showed back up, locked in from the jump. Let's go. We're not going to sit here and ease our way into the postseason. So I hope that Atlanta can 
can replicate what they did in the second half. But also, you have questions in Atlanta. What happened in that first half? You signed everybody, you brought everybody back, and even though GM was like, hey, maybe we gave the wrong people some money, or maybe we just shouldn't have brought back everyone, because they weren't duplicating the same effort that they had in the second half of the season. But since he said that, and over this last couple of weeks, they have started playing outstanding basketball. Also, this is a team that a couple weeks ago, before the streak started, you started to hear them be very active in the trade market. Mm -hmm. People know about that. I still think, you know, if you would ask, I talked to somebody in Atlanta today, if you would ask them a couple weeks ago, are they going to stick with what they have and just ride in the second half of the year? The answer would have been different a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. But the way they're playing right now and the way they played last year, it looks like they're heading for that same turnaround. And as you say, Richard, when you put stuff on the table like that, when people don't hear their names yeah, and trade is gone, right? And, and that's not a yeah. knock on Cam. John yeah. Collins obviously got paid, had heard his name in some trade conversations, mm -hmm. right? Right, right? A lot better right now. So yeah. do you expect to see maybe less activity than we would have a couple of weeks ago it, for it, a deadline it, for Atlanta now? I still think they're out there. I think they're still very interested in Ben Simmons. There's still discussions around that. I, I This gives you pause, though, to say, well, maybe they should just let this ride. Mm. It makes the decision a little more complicated about whether you should make some deal. Right. Richard mentioned it. Trey Young missed an extended period of time when he was dealing with COVID-19. He was so looking forward to playing in that yep. Christmas day, day, day game. That gets taken away from him in a sense. He wasn't symptomatic, so he was incredibly frustrated with that whole streak, getting that time to gel. But last season, I got to sit down with Trey right before they were playing in the conference finals against the Milwaukee Bucks. And Trey said, I'm not going to be satisfied until I bring a championship to Atlanta. And now he's sort of starting to, to play like that. Like he's not satisfied yet. Yeah. But you know who else is starting to play a little like that? Kyrie Irving. Coming up oh. on NBA Today. Smith joins the show about him playing golf at college these days and give him some dirt on uh, Richard Hook. What? <laughs> <laughs> NBA Today is brought to you by Horizon Forbidden West Rated T for Teen Good matchup of two of the elites Two teams that have dreams of the championship We all up in the game But we ain't come to play the game Before done you know my name Wiggins on the follow You're an all-star Smile and acknowledge Brooklyn, they were down by 19, and then the magician started. That's how it works in the NBA. It's, everything changes quickly. we got to be more solid. Tops of the corner three. Got it! The Splash Brothers have come alive. A thrilling fourth quarter here in San Francisco. The Warriors win it 110 to 106. Welcome back to NBA Today. So, as you saw in the recap, the Warriors beat the Nets on Saturday. Steph had 13 of his 19 points in the fourth quarter, while Klay Thompson finished with 16, including a huge three-pointer. He hit it with 12 seconds left to seal the victory. So, Richard, your biggest takeaway from this game was what? Uh, my biggest, okay, I want to address a couple things. One, big perk. I don't like to give him credit. He said Patty Mills is going to be one, of the, and Patty Mills played outstanding. I think I gave you credit. In yes, the I gave you, yeah, yeah, in the moment. So, like, I I'll, appreciate I'll, I'll give you credit on the Patty Mills. I think, for me, when I look at this Warriors team, yeah. mm -hmm. when you go back and look at the 
2016 team, they had Harrison Barnes as that kind of third scorer. And, you know, look, Harrison struggled in, in, in uh, one of the postseasons. Then they replaced him with Kevin Durant. That's an absolute different problem that, that was never going to be addressed. And so then when you have Andrew Wiggins, mm. now Wiggins is kind of like an in-between between Harrison and, and KD. He's, he's a little, with all due respect to my guy HB, he's a little bit more aggressive offensively and more athletic, and, but he's not quite Kevin Durant. But so if Wiggins plays like that, everything else is going to be fine. If you've got a third-tier scorer that is a starter in the All-Star game, they still don't have Draymond. They were able to win the game only shooting 39%. That was my biggest takeaway is that if Steph can struggle and all the things that can happen and they can still win that game, the Warriors are going to be a problem fully loaded. I'm doubling down on that. Okay. It was it was Andrew Wiggins. We, we knew Steph and Clay. they took them home in the fourth quarter, but – Throughout the course of the game, when you talk about on both ends of the floor, we got to start mentioning Andrew Wiggins as far as one of the better two-way players in the game today. Able to go out there, get you 18 to 20, and he's defending. I don't know exactly where he ranks as far as blocking shots at the wing position, but it got to be top five. Well, and not to mention the dramatic turnaround for Andrew Wiggins from what we saw from him previously to what mm -hmm. he's been able to do in Golden State. That's not something that's easy because when you start to get that rap as sort of the, the player who isn't quite there, who can he even be a third option? That was the conversation. Yeah, right. Can he be a third option? Is he going to be a trade asset for them mm -hmm. at all? And now he's become a part of their core. Well, you know, it speaks to their culture. And, and like I said before, it's the first time that he don't have to have the expectations of being the number one pick. So now Absolutely. I don't have to be the number one option. I don't have to show the world that I'm capable of being a franchise guy. I could come in here, I could let Steph and Clay do their thing, and now I could be the third option guy, which I probably won't have the best defender you can on me. You have the third or fourth best defender guarding you, and trust me, that is a great place to live. Yes. That is a great place to live. And, <laughs> yes. and, and look, this is why people, I think, when they get so down on players or they get down on it's like you don't understand. If you're in a bad organization, mm -hmm. if you're in a place that's not run well, the view of you can be completely different. And then when he came over to a great organization in Golden State, it took him time. It took him time to understand the, the, the unselfishness, to understand the culture, to understand all the things. And then once he started to figure out, he started becoming the player that everyone believed he can be. But that is also an indictment on a lot of organizations out there that don't run their programs very, very well. They don't do the development because Golden State – here, we'll take them and turn them into an all-star starter. Well, and by all accounts, everyone in Golden State just enjoys being around Andrew Wiggins. From the PR staff to the players to the coaches, it's something where they didn't even know necessarily what they were going to be able to turn him into, what he would be able to become. Right. And then all of a sudden, he's an, a starter in yep. the all-star game. And then on the net side of the game, Kyrie Irving, Ooh. he finishes the game's top scorer, scoring 32 in a loss without James Harden. He was a late scratch due to a strained right hand. So here's Kyrie reacting to the Nets' four-game losing streak. Take a listen. It's not the first time uh, in, in, in my career that I've lost four in a row. Uh, it's not the first time Steve's lost four in a row. It's not the first time James lost four in a row. Like A lot of us have lost games um, consecutively. What I've learned, and I think other guys could echo this sentiment, is just we can't be fragile. People are going to come at us. No, Nobody's going to feel bad whether this guy's in the lineup, this guy's not in the lineup. Every team is competing for those top four positions. We're one of those teams that have aspirations of playing down uh, in the late postseason. It's not going to get easier on this road trip, so it's no time to be fragile.
Tyree is absolutely right. It is not going to get any easier. They face the Suns. They have the best record in the league tomorrow night. So, Richard, despite this losing streak, how are you viewing Kyrie's big night? Uh, no, look, I, I think Kyrie's 100% right. One thing that I will do is I will compliment Kyrie because whatever work he was doing prior to him coming back this season, he was putting in actual work. Absolutely. I don't care what, oh, he's got to get in NBA shape. That is something that's always said because it's so difficult. Kyrie was working, working mm. because he's come back and he's been a force. Like, he's played in every game and all the different things. The only biggest problem is, at most, Kyrie is available for 36 games this season. Right. Now, he missed the first portion of road games because they were trying to figure out. But the fact that he's only available for 36 because he can't play in Toronto, he can't play in Brooklyn, he can't play in Madison Square Garden. So, really, it's like, this is a great player that you want. You're just never going to get the full amount of him, and I think that that's always going to be the question at the end of the day. Well, I mean, you know, Kyrie Irving is one of those guys that come out of his mother's womb, still has Similac on his breath, and is ready to go get buckets. That that's, was so visceral. Yeah, but it's, it's so real. You know, some of those guys, some guys have to train. I was one of them. You was one of them. You have to get back into rhythm. He's just not one of them. He's one of those hoopers. And what he did the other night was special. But I'm mad because we're not going to be able to see it every night. And now I'm really starting to have concerns. At first I was like, you know what? I'd rather have a part-time than no time, and that's still true. But I still would rather the Nets have a full-time. So so how concerned are you then? Because they're also – so not only do they not have a full-time Kyrie Irving, but LaMarcus Aldridge is on his way to get an MRI on his ankle right mm-hmm. now. He's out against the Suns. They don't have Kevin Durant right now. James Harden in his hand. They're still dealing with that. Joe Harris isn't on this road trip. So this four-game losing streak, as Richard's starting to flail about, how concerned are you? I don't have any cool, like, Similac an- analogies Stop or anything. I just yeah. – my thing is this. If – they still got Kevin Durant on their roster. If they still have James Harden on their roster, at the end of the day, yeah. that's what we're judging. You're going to play 100 games in the NBA. Mm. From preseason to regular season to all the different, you're going to play close to 100 games. You're going to have stretches where you don't play well, where things just don't align, a tough stretch, guys out. So should you worry? No. Are they playing great basketball? No. Do they have their lineup? No. You should worry, RJ, and, and I'm disappointed in you, and I knew we Don't be agree. fragile. So you being uh, fragile. I'm not being fragile. I don't give a damn about what Kyrie got to say. Listen, <laughs> what I, what you what, like. and that's fine. But listen to what I'm telling you is, is this. You know this is not about the regular season. That's all you just pointed to. Mm-hmm. This is about the postseason. At the end of the day, guess what? The rotations slim down. You go to eight to nine guys. All of a sudden, that chemistry really needs to be there. Guys need to know where I'm coming in at. Like, when you're playing in a the, in the basketball game and you're in the playoffs, like, you want to know going into an arena, like, your set minutes or what's my role. Like, you know, playing on the squad when I was with the OA Celtics, I knew I was going to play the first, second, and third quarter. I knew what time I was coming out. I knew if it was tight, Doc was going to go small, yep. move KG at the five. Like, you need to know all these things. Those things matter, I, and you know it. I, okay, the, the one thing that I will say is this. The Nets are favored because of the amount of talent that they have. Sure. Not because of the quality of basketball that they are playing. Right now, they don't have that amount of talent, so they're not playing quality basketball. But my, my thing is, 
isn't that what happened last year? It was the same discussion of they have all the talent in the world, it'll just come together. But it never came together because they were never healthy enough to have it do so. Even in the playoffs, they had a couple of, of games and then all of a sudden it was Kyrie's ankle and James Harden's hamstring and they were never able able to put it together. A lot of management in the no, regular no, season. No, a, lot of man- no. a lot of injury management in the regular season is to get you to the postseason healthy. So if, if Bron's got a little bit something going on with his knee, if, if, if uh, James James Harden's hamstrings a little tight. We're not going to push it. We'd rather sit you guys and have these stretches so that when we get to April, guys are a little bit more able to play so and you, push through certain So you're saying chemistry don't matter. No, 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 no. I, no, I understand. No, no, no. But I, saying, as long as they got the talent. If they're healthy and they have all of their guys, I think chemistry will take a Yeah, but that is a big if because they haven't had that if come yeah. to Agreed. fruition yet. Agreed. All right, Richard, all you want to talk about your favorite subject? <laughs> What's my favorite subject? Coming up on NBA Today, Ramona Shelburne is going to give us oh. an update on Ben Simmons. She oh. has details on how this started long sorry, before Ramona. the 2021 playoffs. And it's interesting reporting. And NBA champ J.R. Smith is joining the show. Ooh. So we'll get the latest on his college golf career and find out who the better teammate was. Was it Richard or was it Pearl? Oh, this Plus, it's the best of the best from the weekend. The top of the top and John Morant will definitely be involved. You know Perk's locked in. Stick around. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. You know it's Monday, so we are going coast to coast. And we're going to start with the Raptors outlasting the Heat in triple overtime on Saturday. All five Raptors starters played at least 50 minutes, and that's the first time that's happened in the shot clock era. So, Richard, is Fred Van Bleed an all-star? No. I like you, Fred. Hey, no, listen, I like him a lot. It took him a minute I, it to took, It's that. hard. Okay, let me say this. He is, he is the first one out. So if someone gets injured, then I think he would be the first one in. So will he make it into the All-Star game? He should. Do I think he would be on the original roster? I would say no. Does he get in before Bradley Beal? Or Darius Garland? No, not Darius Garland. Not Darius Garland. Cleveland has to have representation. I don't know. Fred VanVleet is playing like an All-Star, man. He's doing all the little things. And for an undrafted player to be an All-Star, that's only happened something like five times. So that would be absolutely incredible. I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. Big fan of the way he plays. And that game was absolutely awesome. All right, moving ahead to last night. The Nuggets, they won their fifth straight game by blowing out the Bucks in Milwaukee by 36. And that's with Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday all playing. You already know that Jokic led the way, 18, 9, and 15. So, Perk, the Nuggets are the fifth seed in the West. Do you think they're going to end up staying in that range despite being so shorthanded? I do. I do. And I, I think it's not just because of Jokic, but it's because of Aaron Gordon. Mm. Like, he's oh. been playing p- phenomenal basketball. That's starting to cut and move without the basketball. Like, you look at guys like Holland. He came in off the bench, Bones Holland, and, and had a good night. So, I think the, the Nuggets are finally starting to find their identity a little bit. But mo- most importantly, Jokic have a, ba- a Robin, and, he, and that's in uh, Aaron Gordon. 
Look, I, what was that? I, I, I was just like, I don't know what to say because Jokic, it's just the way Incredible. he can do, the way he can dominate a game and get everyone else involved. We, we haven't seen a pretty it, like many players in NBA history. He's up there with Magic, Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, with doing everything for his team. All right, let's go over to Utah because Adrian Wojnarowski reported that Joe That's Ingles up. tore his left ACL in last night's loss to Minnesota. Utah's fifth in a row. Ingles' knee buckled on a drive to the basket yesterday, and then an MRI today confirmed the season-ending injury. So Richard, how significant of a loss is this for the Jazz? It's huge because I think he's not just a, a great player and, and respected, but I think for the locker room, the culture, like all of the things, like he just does all the little things and he's one of those guys that he allows for other players to be held accountable because he's one of those guys that's always trying to play the right way, always trying to do the right things defensively. The Utah Jazz right now are in a very, very tough spot. They've been rolling. They had no real COVID stuff the last two years. They were in a very, very good spot. Well, but the last, than, like, la last the couple of weeks, they've been, the last couple of weeks yes. is when this really, really hit them. Yeah, absolutely. And this is going to be a loss that they feel because you mentioned it. It's on and off the court for Joe Ingles. He is so respected. Um, he, he, he does so much for them. I, I think of last season when Jordan Clarkson won sixth man of the year and mm -hmm. Joe Ingles was sitting there next to him and they asked TNT crew, the fabulous TNT crew asked, well, how many, how many six men has, has Utah? have and Joe Joe Ingle said one and Jordan Clarkson said zero and Jordan Clarkson looked over like who and he said it's you and that's the kind of guy that he is yeah. in that locker room mm -hmm. he is so treasured it, it's it's really unfortunate to see this but Utah is going to have to step it up if they're going to kind of live up to the way they've played in the regular season the last couple of years. They are. And it, it, I don't know. It's just like the sense of urgency is not there. Even when Donovan Mitchell is playing, it's just not there. And I, I don't get it. Like Donovan Mitchell used to be like this humble, hungry dog, like has something to prove to the whole world. I don't see that no more. I don't see that same edge. I don't see that same tenacity. And then Mike Conley, he got a big bag. Like, you have to step up and deliver consistently. Yeah. All right, let's move over to Joel Embiid, who continued his red-hot play over the weekend. He dropped a cool 36 points to go along with 12 rebounds and six assists against the Kings on Saturday. So the process, I don't even know if you can call it the process. It's more like a meat processor at this point. They've been on a tear since Christmas, and it has led to huge change in his MVP odds over a very short period of time. So two weeks ago, Joel had 50 to 1 odds to win MVP. That's according to Caesars Sportsbook. And since then, he's averaged almost 38 points per game and seen his MVP odds go all the way to plus 240. That's the shortest in the entire NBA. So I'd like to welcome back Ramona Shelburne for our Sixers discussion. Ramona, you're an MVP voter. So where is Embiid in that race right now? I mean, doesn't it feel a lot like last year? Embiid, Jokic, Giannis. Ron, Giannis. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, John Morant, those are all the names you're going to hear. But Joel Embiid has got the Sixers a game and a half out of first. A game, if he scores 34 points in his next game, he's going to be leading the league in scoring. He'll pass KD as a scoring leader in this league. I mean, this guy is, he's going to be back-to-back -back player of the month probably for January as well. I mean, you just, we can go through the stats here, but he's going to be, he's on pace right now, guys, to average 30 points a game. Mm. I mean, for a center in this league to tell do that, him, tell especially him. without Ben Simmons the out stat. there. Give us the stat. You told us. Tell us. Who was the last big man to average 30? I, you know what? Shaq never did it. Shaq, Shaq never, never did it? Never did it. Mm. I mean, it, like, this is, this, you, centers don't do that. This, in this league, for him, he could get 30 points a game over the course of a whole season.
Well, it just came out that Joel Embiid is the Eastern Conference player. There you go. But I feel like asking Perk if he's the MVP, him or John Morant, is like Sophie's choice. I know. Right, it is. But, look, I had him picked as my preseason MVP because I thought he was going to come out and ball like he is without Ben Simmons because he had a lot – because he felt like he had a lot to prove. And we know how Joel Embiid mentally is. But when you talk about averaging 30 – and then we can't even think of another center to do that, not even Jokic. Yep. It's like it, 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 it stamps what I was been preaching about him being so skilled. Also, we already know this too, and, and Ramona, you could you could contest to this is about usually most of the time when you finish second in the MVP runnings, the mm-hmm. following year, if you come back and you deliver, it's a high chance yep. that he may win it, right? Yeah. Well, and, and even when you look at the stats, like he's up there with Kareem. 17 straight games oh. of 25-plus. Those are Kareem numbers. Mm-hmm. Do people forget about Kareem? Look at these are my top three. And, and the reason why it's laid out this way is because, one, you got the points per game, you got the rebounds, you got the assists. All, yep. all, everyone's got their own dance that you can do. But there's always narrative. No Simmons, no Murray, no Porter. Only 24 games for the big three uh, with Giannis. And look at where all three of these guys have their team sitting. Embiid is the most impressive, in my opinion, the fact that they are third. Now, obviously, this the, the conference seating can change from day to day, week to week. But right now, at this moment, the fact that he's got them in third place, he has a chance if he scores 30 to be the number uh, to be the leading scorer in the league. He's got to be the favorite. Everyone right now is looking up trying to catch Joel Embiid if you're trying to get an MVP. You really, you really going to – you have to stop with the disrespect to Ja because Ja should be number three. No, nah, nah, bro, you really have to stop. They, they have the third best record in the NBA. I'm not dis- – I was just saying – I was comparing the bigs. That was the bit – that was the It didn't say that. It didn't say that. Okay, well, let me – top three MVP candidates. Let me say it was the three bigs that I wanted to have. There was no Chris Paul. There was no There was no Ja Morant. There was none of that. Well, it was, I wanted to compare I those three bigs. I want you to clarify that for the team. For the <laughs> okay, everyone, that meant that the three big men that have been dominating this league for the last couple of months and couple of years, that's what we were comparing. All right, okay? well. <laughs> okay. He's, you accept it? You accept yeah, it? Paul so, I feel like we're doing this like we're in preschool. All right, Ramona, you're plugged in on yeah. all things 76ers. So what is the franchise's attitude as we stand now towards Ben Simmons? You know, it's interesting. When you talk to the team, it's like he's not, he's kind of invisible. Like, in the league, we all talk about it, mm. okay? We, oh, what are they going to do with Ben Simmons? But I think there's a real push within that team. They get along very well. Ben Simmons is around. He mm. gets a schedule every night around 10 o'clock. He says show up when they're supposed to show up, when everybody – he shows up to shoot around. He shows up to film sessions. Doesn't stay long. Doesn't do much. It's like he's the, he's there, but he's not there. And right. the team just wants to stay focused on the season. Yeah. They're a game and a half out of first. Yeah. Like, they don't want this to become a distraction. We're obviously going to talk about it a lot as we approach February 10th. But if they don't do anything here, the most important concern the team has is let's not let this derail the rest yeah. of our season. So in the spirit of not letting it derail the rest of the season and also not wasting the play right. of Joel Embiid, what else are they looking to do as we get towards the trade deadline? You know it's funny, Malika? They would like a player who does exactly the same things you would say about Ben Simmons, right? <laughs> Playmaking, help the defense a bit. I mean, that sounds kind of like what Ben Simmons does. And if you talk to people in Philly, there's those who say, you know, if they don't trade him, do you really think he's going to sit out? I mean, Ben Simmons has been fined over $19 million this year. At some point, doesn't the money talk? Like, at some point? At, so, at some point in time, he is talking. You were trying to say, does money talk? $19 million? 
Like he is talking. Dollars he is communicating, though. That's what I'm saying. He's like 19 million. Cool. Let me know when he hits no, 22. People when he hits say it's never been about the money. He's not gonna just it's come same. back for the money. But let's see after February 10th if he's still on the six. It seemed like it seemed like to me, me knowing Doc, is that the 76ers and Joel and B. The reason that they're in this position, they're using this Ben Simmons situation and Ben as motivation. Yeah. They're using that. Mo they're a motivated team that play together. Guys are stepping up. They enjoy playing with one another. I love to see it. Well, and despite all of that that's happening, you still see Joel Embiid soaring to MVP favorite. I said yeah. he was named Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Chris Paul is Western Conference Player. So even though he wasn't in Rich Paul's or Rich Paul's, my goodness, Richard <laughs> Jefferson, Richard Jefferson's graphic a text popping up. Things are going crazy over here. I'm almost sorry. All right, coming up on NBA Today, Jr. Smith joins the show. <laughs> To talk about his budding golf career, his name, image, and likeness deal, plus winning a title. Hey, look, there he is. We got a dog joining us, too. That's so where you got it from. I love it. Oh, oh is that a big perk bulldog? Yes. Yeah, it's a oh, big perk bulldog next on NBA Today. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. That was so quick, you barely saw it. Believe it, Cleveland. Savor it. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. The last time I took my shirt off was after the game. I ain't put one on since. J.R. Smith to play golf after enrolling at North Carolina A&T. Uh, I can just play my game and, uh, you know, just have fun. Welcome back to NBA Today. My next guest, he really needs no introduction, but I guess I'm going to introduce him anyway. It's two-time NBA champion and current member of the North Carolina A&T golf team, J.R. Smith. Welcome to NBA Today, J.R. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining. Up. Thanks for joining us from your car. Don't 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 get any wrecks. Let's, let's pull over and let's do this. No, nah, I'll pull those. I'm over here by the wild one now. So I I'm appreciate sure. you. All right, we're gonna bring in a couple members of your former teams, Richard Jefferson and Kendrick Perkins, in just a little bit. But I'm going to start it off because we have some news. On Friday, our Adrian Wojnarowski broke a story that you signed with Excel Sports and you're now eligible for name, image, and likeness deals as a golfer. So what led to that decision? Um, honestly, going through the process and uh, going through, you know, playing high school basketball and seeing so many guys go to these big powerhouse schools and, you know, be able to, other, the schools be able to profit off of their like name and likeness. Um, it was something that I was, that really pushed me to go to the NBA. Mm. Um, so, um, one of the, when I was able to, now that I'm able to, you know, participate in college sports and have this platform to be able to reach outreach, obviously, so many, so many from my previous 
uh, occupation. Um, it just makes sense to myself. And uh, more than anything, I just want to generate money for the HBCUs and yeah. try to put them in a better situation than we're in now. Absolutely. Well, speaking of your previous occupation, your transition from NBA player to collegiate golfer made national headlines. And in December, you announced on Instagram that you earned a 4.0 GPA in your first semester. So what did that mean to you? Uh, it's it amazing. Um, coming from where I come from and, you know, a lot of the situations in, in the school system, is not, it doesn't really benefit uh, people who look like myself. So you're easily classified as, you know, certain things that you can't achieve and certain things that you're not able to obtain. So for myself, going through school and being a struggle for, my, for me growing up uh, to obtain a 4.0 and actually achieve it, do the work, sending the tutoring sessions, doing the extra readings and all of that, the whole process, it makes it that much sweeter. I want to bring in one of your former your former teammates, uh, Richard Jefferson and Kendrick Perkins. But, Perk, I think you wanted to ask a question No, no, first. I'm going to go what, first. Oh, I'm going to go first. <laughs> all right. <laughs> what do you got, first. Richard? So, Switch, look, first of all, congratulations. Like, we know you and Perk are both hey. part of Cash University. You didn't go to college. But my question is this. Will you be the first person to leave college early from golf on t and so be the second person, or, I mean, to do it twice? So not go to college and then leave college early and turn professional as a golfer? I don't think so. I think there's a few people ahead of me who, who've been really successful in that sport to be able to do that. <laughs> oh, you're just yeah. yeah, I mean, that was, that was a horrible question. It wasn't anyway, that good. I, I didn't I, have I, much. Hey, Swish, it really was. Swish, great to see you, man. I'm proud of you. Look. I have a question. See you too, bro. Going, going sure. from a two-time NBA champion, winning six-man of the year, having a hell of a basketball career, stepping onto a college campus after that, I want to know like how it felt because I know you had to put your pride aside, humility, and things like that. I just wanted to know how, how was it for us fitting in with the others and everybody recognizing who the hell you are? Um, at first, it was kind of weird because it was like, you know, I'm a freshman and I got people who are, you know, juniors, <laughs> seniors, right. who are, you know, obviously 15 years younger, some of them 15 years younger than me. So it was like, you know, being at the low end of the totem pole is kind of humbling. Um, mm -hmm. Being able to uh, purchase the, the, the seniors' Gatorades and stuff like that. Um, it's a humbling feeling. It makes you feel like a rookie again, but it's also that learning stage, being able to uh, be that empty glass and continue to have these guys give me all the information and learn from them and learn from the young women on our team as well. Oop. It looks like we might have we might have lost your video for a second. I think we can hear you, but I'm not sure we can see you. But I have the important questions here, Jr. Yeah, there we Ready? go. We need to see. Oh, there we got him back because these are because these are important and these are rapid fire. So I'm going to give you a this oh, or that, man, okay. and then all right, you ready? Cool. Yep. All right, let's do it. So better teammate, Perker Richard. Oh man, uh -huh. better teammate, Perk. Oh, oh. 100 percent agree. All right, what do you like more, golf or basketball? Rich. <laughs> What do you like more, golf or basketball? Basketball. What's more nerve-wracking, playing in a golf tournament or the NBA Finals? Playing in a golf tournament. Ooh, best golfer in the NBA? Uh, Steph. Would you celebrate a golf win the way you celebrated a championship win, you know, with the, the shirt and that whole thing? Oh, man, it might be worse. I don't know. <laughs>
Wow. That's a statement right oh there, ladies and gentlemen. Bro, you got to think, this is all me, like, by myself, winning the whole tournament and field like, 60, right. 70 people? Yeah. That's true. Like, you know. Right. Hey, I appreciate you, JR. Hey. I appreciate you, boy. You know how we rock. Oh, you already know, bro. Yeah, you already know. Whatever. We appreciate I've never you stopping by so much, JR. Last one for you. If they, you got a call for a 10-day contract, are you picking it up or no? Yeah, for sure. All right. There you're picking go. it That's up. my first love. First love. I just want to tell you, Malika, I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you oh, off, no. but I seen the thing with you and your sister. That was extremely oh. dope. Uh, that's that's very inspiring for my girls. Um, I know one of my do- one of my daughters wants to be a model and wants to do TV and stuff like that. So see her, see you and your sisters do that. That was amazing. Jr. I really appreciate you and I appreciate that. Thank you so much for joining us on NBA mm-hmm. today. Swisher. Coming up on NBA Today, the Suns, they are rising. Over the weekend, Phoenix became the first team to get to 40 wins. So can anyone in the NBA match their depth? The NBA Today rolls on after the break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I know what it's like in this league. I've been there for a long time, okay? When you have a good group, you relish it. We got a good group. We got a special opportunity, okay? From the bottom of my heart, I thank you guys for being who you are. Everybody back there, like all you guys contribute. Yes, sir. And you have been from day one since I got here. So this is just, this is like the mission stuff I talk about, right? Our goal is different, but we got a mission. And I'm going to enjoy it. Like I can sit here and say, oh, it's no big deal. You know what? That would diminish what you guys do every day. Mm-hmm. That would diminish the blessings that God gives us every day. So you know what? Congratulations. To all. Welcome back to NBA Today. So that was Suns head coach Monty Williams yesterday after Phoenix became the first team to 40 wins this season. So their 40th win was also their 10th straight. And that means they now have two double-digit win streaks this season. Remember, they won a franchise record 18 in a row. That was back in November. And Perks Grizzlies, they're the only other team to win 10 in a row. They won 11 straight earlier this season. But this is all about the Phoenix Suns. So we'll start with Mr. Arizona himself, Richard Jefferson. Who can match the Suns' depth? Depth in the West. Uh, I think it's just the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I think when you look at their depth and the way they've gone, whether it's Gary Payton, Toscano, Jordan Poole, uh, you just go down the list. And we're not even talking about the superstars mm. on their team. When you're talking about Draymond, Wiseman apparently is going to play basketball at some point in time. So it's like you just look at their depth and athleticism down the line. The Golden State Warriors look like the 2015-2016 where it's just it's just a constant barrage of offense and talent that just comes at you in incremental spaces. See, this is why I beg and plead for uh, Memphis to have more national televised games. This is the reason why, so that people can see them. When you go down the line, I'm going with the Memphis Grizzlies because when you look at their roster, you look at a guy like Steven Adams, you look at Jaron Jackson Jr., 
Desmond Baines, who could possibly Bond, win most, most improved this year. You have Clark coming in off the bench, along with Melton, along with uh, they're missing uh, Dylan Brooks right now. Look, this team is really, really, really good. Matter of fact, I believe that they have the potential to be the Cincinnati Bengals of the NBA. I really do. If you look at Joe losing, Burrow, that's, the finals. if you look at Joe Burrow, that's John Morant. And if you think it's a game, just tune in to watch. Tune in to watch. Why do you think that no one is watching the Memphis Grizzlies? Because every time I'm the only person up here got a time. Besides Malika at times, I just got to keep pleading every week for you to give them their damn respect. And I give them off the air, but you and Malika both said, I don't think they have the depth. I don't think they have the same depth. The Phoenix Suns are a juggernaut. By the way, now Monty Williams is going to be the coach of Team LeBron. They have a number of wins to secure that spot, so congratulations to Monty for that. But the Phoenix Suns are they are something to behold. What Mikhail Bridges has become, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, they yeah, should they both can, be all-stars. DeAndre Ayton, uh, Jake Crowder, the list goes Bismack on and on. Bismack Biombo Bimbalan is a bar, by hold, the way. Hold on, Tom. Tom, out. Because the first thing is that I... I it's I not feel, that we disrespect no, the Grizzlies. No, they don't they have the are, depth of the look, Suns. Look, the Suns are the favorite, in my opinion. Like, I'm not going to disrespect... Then we what have, are we talking no, about? No, we just... The question you, is... The okay. question who can match them? That's what well, I said. All right. Guess what? Just for you, Perk, somehow, some way, coming up on NBA Today, we're going to talk more about John Morant and show to. more John Morant we because need to. there's more must-see moments with the Grizzlies three days on TV. I got you. That ain't on we'll us. Be back we in don't get that ain't us. What? Coming up, NBA Wednesday, the Grizzlies and the Knicks are going to be facing off. And speaking of the Grizzlies, we're going to see them. And then it's the Nuggets and the Jazz. We have that game on Wednesday, 7 o'clock Eastern. Countdown is going to start us off. And then we have our WNBA free agency special. LaChina Robinson, Rebecca Lobo, Carolyn Peck, and Holly Rowe will fill you in on all the latest moves and breakdowns of what it means for the 2022 season. So be sure to tune in. So welcome back to NBA Today. It's time to take a look at the best plays of the weekend, the top of the top. And we're starting with Top Jaw. So best you know play what? of the weekend, baby, but this too. Just, <laughs> just take it away, Big Perk. I mean, just look. <laughs> It's every week, every day. Look at him. Hey, don't hit him with the cabbage Ooh, hit him. patch. Don't Ooh. hit him with the cabbage patch. Ooh. Ooh. That's that Kyrie Irving. Oh, he feeling Irving. good. He feeling good. Yeah, that's that Kyrie Irving in this oh, game. Oh, shout oh, out to D-Wade. Wait, wait, I know. He out of line for that. He out of line for that because D-Wade did that when he dunked on me. But we're Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Even but, the dunks that don't count. Wouldn't you let God it, it, do that to you if he dunked on you like that? No, I mean, honestly, no, can we that. get that tape of when D-Wade no, did that no, to you? No, we don't need to get okay, that Okay, that's tape. fine. But look, even the plays that don't count, don't God, worry. we got to show. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get that tape. Yeah, don't we'll get, we'll get that it. tape. Okay, okay. I love that. All right, uh, let's uh, move uh, along. Let's move along to top drops. So down in the Big Easy, Jalen Brown, he was dropping bodies against the Pelicans. Listen, don't run by the pool, kids. Like Toscano said, I told you I was going to steal that. Don't run by the pool. It is slippery, kid. <laughs> not out there. Hey, oh be careful. Oh, God. Yeah, that bag. That I, ball was hard. That bar is awesome. Don't, that's why you laughing. Don't play by the ball. Run by the ball, kids. All right, let's keep it pushing. Let's go to top posters hey, because we start in Orlando where Wendell Carter Jr. exploded to the rim over Isaiah Stewart. Oh. 
Uh, he, okay. Hey, he's been playing well, too. Oh, that's big boy. Absolutely. We ready. Been playing well. Sorry for the 49er fan here. Come on, Malika. Hang on. No, it was more to watch. Wait, what's the next? Oh, oh my God. God. That, was, that was one of those eight dunks I was telling y'all about. Yeah, Five. eight. Yeah, nine. Oh, my goodness. All right. Before we go, though, gentlemen, I, there's someone extremely important to ESPN and the ESPN family. Reporter Mark Schwartz is retiring after 32 years. So thank you Mark. for all of your years covering thank the you. NBA. Thank you. And yes, I know my Niners lost. So, Richard. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs>